Hello, here we begin. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Join me for a glass of wine pod class. And you can already tell I've had my first glass already. It's a pleasure to do this podcast. I've been wanting to do one for a while and here we are. So, welcome to the podcast. And my name is Joseph, and I hope you have yourself some good glass, a good glass of red wine. And you know, red wine, I never really liked wet red wine until I discovered good red wine. And then I became a big fan. So if you're not a red wine person, I recommend spending about at least $40 in a bottle and you will become a fan. So this is the first episode of the Join Me For a Glass podcast. And tonight our wine is sponsored by no one. That is the truth about tonight. Um, we hope to the future um, that we will be, be sponsored by my very uh, preferred and favorite wine, Shiloh wine, over there in Israel. They have the most incredible wine. The gentleman, um, Amari, Amuri, I pronounced his name wrong, makes the best wine. It is incredible. If you ever see it, order it Shiloh, Shiloh Barbera, Shiloh Cabernet, Shiloh, all of them. They're incredible, his whole, his whole line. So uh, hopefully we'll be sponsored by them and different. Sago is also another one that I love and we will get some wine. But right now, no sponsor is of the wine. All right, we're back again. Sorry, an alarm went off on my telephone and it cut off the recording. So we're just gonna bring these two segments together. No big deal. So as I was saying, I hope that Shiloh Wine will sponsor me and it can be our wine of choice for the podcasts. You know, the wine is, is said that it brings the heart joy to the heart of man. So uh, we know that wine has been used for centuries in spiritual and religious services, as well as just been a part of so many of humanity's celebrations. It's a very special thing. And the grapes date back to biblical times and there's a whole it's a whole other podcast about the wine which we'll do later but wine really is very special at the very least what we know about wine is that it does something that very few things do on the planet and that gets better as time goes on everything you can you know we could talk about how everything gets worse as time goes on, except, you know, aging, um, 
uh, you lose appreciation as things go on. But wine is as special, special as that it gets better with age. And when we drink wine, that's what we connect to. We connect to flipping the page, flipping the system, and improving our lives as opposed to the opposite, which is what we avoid. We want to avoid. We don't want to, we want, we want things to get better and better like wine, which is, you know, we all know marriages, jobs, everything, everything, everything tends to get worse as time goes on. But wine helps us change that script and get better as things progress. So that's why one of the reasons wine is so great. But we're not going to talk about wine tonight because we do have another topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about, well, I have a, a, a script that I'm going to be saying each week. And after we discuss the sponsor of the wine, we now, I'm now supposed to say, <clears throat> let me take a sip of wine. And you're supposed to be drinking with me, by the way. You're supposed to be drinking with me. Let me have one more sip of wine. Mm-mm-mm. I will say that this wine is a Cabernet Sauvignon from Chile. But I will not be giving the name because I had to buy it. And I'm going to expect it to be sent to me as sponsored in the future. So no names for now. So after that, we have... <clears throat> we have my script that I'm going to be saying each week that when you join me. Now that I've had a glass of wine, I'd like to say, I'd like to say a thing or two about weight loss. That is what the podcast this week is about, weight loss. Now, I have some notes here to keep me on track here, to keep me entertained, but weight loss. Oh my gosh. Where do we begin about weight loss? Well, first of all, let me just say about myself, I've reached a high point of my weight gain. I have been tracking the weight of my body since approximately 2003. When I moved to Los Angeles, um, I became extremely conscious of my body because I went to the, you know, my first manager told me that New York was the land of the talented people and that Los Angeles was the land of the beautiful people. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I was around a lot of beautiful people and I became self-conscious about myself. I remember uh, the first time I went to a gym, I was, I was, I, I taught yoga and I taught yoga at a gym and I went out into the parking lot after class and just cried because I felt like a nothing piece of twig around all these incredible built beautiful bodies so uh, it's been an issue since then keeping myself obsessing about it loving food but also wanting to have a normal thin body. So I've been keeping track of my weight since 2003 when I moved to Los Angeles. 
2004 or 5-ish, actually, to be more precise. So the idea is that this has been a long-term thing, and I, and I share this. You know, I grew up with Oprah on the TV, whatever, the 90s, whatever it was. I can't calculate that right now. But she was obsessed with weight. She came out on her the day she came out in her jeans with the with the wagon of fat that she had on her wagon that showed how much she weighed. We all get this. We all get it. But you know, I'm a I, I, I gained weight since COVID. COVID started March 2020, and there wasn't a big reason to be thin. You weren't seeing people. We weren't getting into our work. I'm back again. That was another segment. I had my this alarm on my phone keeps going off and cutting off the podcast, so I apologize. So we weren't seeing people. We weren't. I didn't have to get into my size 30 dress pants. I was working from home, and look what happened. I didn't have to get into those pants and I kept gaining weight and I ended up by that time, March, all hell broke loose. We'll never, no one will ever forget March, April, and May of 2020 in their lives. I spent it alone in an apartment for months, but, um, well, no one will forget that, but by that year of 2020 in October, I had ballooned up to my greatest weight of all time. My gosh, it was COVID, it was lockdown, it was then summer and then birthdays and then keep on going into fall. I was huge. So then I got thin again, then I I lost a little bit, then gained a little bit, but Blah, blah, blah. The story is I'm fat again, but I'm going to be losing the weight now for fall. And this podcast is about weight loss because, my gosh, it's something we all struggle with. Why do we struggle with it? Because two major factors. The first factor is naturally as we age, our hormone, sex hormone levels drop, which creates an increase in our insulin levels, which creates weight gain. And that's the hormonal side of it. Or perhaps as we age, we gain weight because we're trying to protect our bones as the, as the bones age. Uh, who knows why, but as we age, we gain weight. There's several reasons why. But also, our food in this country is horrible. How many times have I been told from people when they go back to Europe where they're from they lose weight so I hate to I love America very much this is the greatest country in the world we have problems here and one of the problems is that our food is horrible we we do not regulate our food the way other countries do for good and the bad other countries regulate the food not at all. So we, we, we're, we're somewhere in the middle, but we could do a lot better. But one of the reasons why we're all fat is that the food in this country is horrible. We're, I mean, our food, our, our poultry isn't sent out, isn't exported into other countries. 
Other countries won't accept our poultry because we spray bleach all over it. Yeah, to clean our poultry, we bleach it with we bleach it and chlorinate it, and other countries don't accept that. I'll never forget the time I had a far uh, a visitor from a foreign country, and he told me I was like I sent him to the sh- to the bathroom and I told him, okay, the, you know here's the bathroom, here's the products, and he says, oh no no no, everybody knows where I'm from that Americans just have chemicals for products. So he didn't use any of my products because he knew they were all chemicals. So wake up, newsflash, there are people in other parts of the world who know that Americans just swim in chemicals. Oh, so that's so that's one thing is that all of our food are laced with chemicals. I mean, the bleach and the poultry, the hormones, the pesticides, the high fructose corn syrups, the omega-3-6 oils instead of the omega-3 oils. It goes on and on and on. So that's the bottom line is that the next reason why we're all fat is because our food is horrible. We're not eating fruits and vegetables. We're eating high fructose corn syrup, enriched flours, quick rising bread, hormone and laced food with fructose corn syrup, dyed number six, dyed number four, nine number three, blue, red, 16, high, uh, uh, um, what's it called? But the fat is hydrogenated fat, oil, sugar, double, triple fat, oil, desserts, food sandwiches. I mean, this is what the problem is here. So that's what's happening. Although I do my very best. I gained my weight during COVID on just plain old carbohydrates. I, I remember and during COVID, I went on a complete vegan, vegan diet. And what I mean by vegan diet, I mean Amy's frozen foods, Amy's, Amy's frozen foods, which was nothing but organic vegan carbs. So it was corn, bread, corn, bread, corn, bread, beans, corn, bread, beans, rice, corn, bread, green, potato. So there was, so, you know, I gained a lot of, I gained some weight during that time and I, tr- I got it off a little bit, put it back, got it off holidays, but I'm finally now decided this is it. Enough's enough. My diet starts tomorrow. And this is it, you know. I, I you know, there. all my life I've been up and down on the weights because I love the food, you know. But, you know, I'm looking at my notes here. So, yeah, I remember even as a little boy, sort of being obsessed with my stomach fat. I remember. I have a. I have a memory of me being on a, on the boat. Our family had a boat, and we, you know, went went out for the weekend or for the day, and went on the boat. And I remember noticing the pancake rolls around my stomach, and at the time, um, I basically had McDonald's every day. That's what I loved. I had McDonald's a lot, and I ate pizzas at night. Taylor rolls, bacon straight from the microwave, 
bread sandwiches, cheese sandwiches, grilled cheese, and Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola was my lover. I had Coca-Cola constantly. So I was sort of, I wasn't chunky, but sort of was as a kid. And then when I went to Los Angeles, I suddenly became aware of my body. I wasn't aware of the body. And that's a beautiful stage to be in. That is the stage of a child when they don't think about themselves. But then I became, there's a mixture that happens. Puberty, sexuality, awareness of the body. All that sort of happens at once. And I became aware of my body in Los Angeles when I moved there. And I realized that I was fat. And I started checking my weight, losing. Oh my gosh, I remember living on those Atkins shakes. I would go to the Walgreens and just have Atkins shakes, Atkins bars all day long and and a lot of activity because I was a yoga teacher and this was what happened. I was I I was thin. And I didn't, I got thin, but I didn't realize I was thin. Later you realize how thin you were, but that's another topic. But thinness, and I didn't realize I was thin. But then, then you, you know, I kept track of my weight and I would go away for the holidays and come back and then lose it. How did I lose it? No carbs and and some exercise. It's mostly about no carbs. It's mostly about no carbs and also watching the fat. You can't eat three logs of mozzarella and lose weight. I didn't know that. I learned that because I believed it was all about carbohydrates, but it's a little bit about fat too. But then I was thin and then I mostly was thin and then I moved to New York City. I was, but it was the COVID and the lack of needing to squeeze into my work pants. So that's my history. And most of what I've learned, a lot of what I've learned is from Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers is my health guru. Now on that, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a drink. I hope you're joining me. Suzanne Summers is my health guru. Here's to that. I'm going to take a sip right now. Mm. Now, Suzanne Summers, astrologically speaking, is a Libra, which is wisdom. And she has a Cancerian moon, which is about health. She said before, she said that if she hadn't had got, if she had not have gotten, if she had not have gotten, I don't know if that's correct or not English. If she had not had gotten Three's Company, if she had not landed the park of Three's, if she had not landed the part of Three's Company, she would have been a chef. She was, she loved food, and that's typical of a Cancerian moon. But, but the point is, she did develop cancer, and at that point, because of her Cancerian moon, her sensitivity. She went on a full-fledged battle of why did I get this? How did I get this? What do I do? How do I fix it? How do I be natural? What's the solution? What's going on? But she also was going through menopause and she was miserable about that because she had no, she had zero hormones. Which the time she reached her doctor, Diana Schwarzenbein, 
the Dr. Schwarzenbein, Diana Schwarzenbein, said to her, Oh dear, you're at zero. All your hormone levels are at zero. That's why she was miserable. That's why she was gaining weight. And then at that point, she developed cancer because, well, that's a difficult answer to say why she developed cancer. She believes it was, she developed it because her hormones were completely, pardon me. (laughs) She believed that her hormones were completely whacked out, which is true. And she believed that was a natural way for the nature to eliminate people, to kill them off, was to get their hormones dropped. Once their hormones are dropped, the sex hormones are dropped. She has said this before. Once your sex hormones drop, your insulin goes up, your cortisol goes up, your cancer rate goes up, and that's a way for God or natural nature to get rid of you because you're no longer productive. You're no longer sexually productive to produce species because you're in menopause, blah, blah, blah. So that's one theory she has, but also she knew she was eating poorly. Also, she knew she was stressed. Also, in my opinion, what was her spiritual practice? What was she doing to protect herself spiritually? Also, she was in the limelight. America watched her bounce her breasts on TV and she had breast cancer. So that was a big deal with her, was her bouncing her breasts on TV. Did that generate any type of negativity? So there's there's a bazillion reasons we can talk about why cancer happens. But the point being is she got it and she cured it. She cured it through her prayer, through her meditations. She said every day she woke up and she visualized her cancer shrinking. She Meditation, prayer, she changed her diet, she ate organic, and then also her hormones. She started taking bioidentical hormones, and at that point she re-mimics, she re-fills the tank again. She mimics what she was in her 20s, 30s. So she gave herself high levels of, uh, uh, normal levels, young levels of estrogen, progesterone, and then that lower that lowers insulin, lower cortisols, and then brings the body back to an anti-cancer state. That's why they say hormonal replacement therapy is anti-cancer. It returns the body back to a, a normal state. And right away, men, I need to take a glass of wine because this is just going on and on and on. hope you're joining me so right away people scream oh my god you can't take hormones you can't take hormones that gives you cancer no if high levels of hormones gave people cancer then everybody 18 who is flying through the roof with hormones horny 18 year olds they would all have cancer they don't hormones do not give cancer that's already been if you do if you google search abraham from harvard university i don't remember his last name his first name is abraham from harvard they they debunk that myth hormones do not give you cancer now the fake hormones 
the synthetic hormones mess you up. We're not talking about them. We're talking about bioidentical hormones. These hormones balance the body back to a level of a high hormone state where we're at when we're younger, which is a sweet spot. High hormones. You're, you're horny, you're happy, you're hungry, you're healthy. Oh, I think we need to quote that. Horny, happy, healthy. And your insulin is low, you're thin, your cortisol is low, you're sleeping great, you're sleeping 12 hours. I mean, how many of us, those teen, remember we would sleep for 12 hours, we would sleep through noise, light. Now when I'm, I'm at 43, the little bit of light in the room wakes me up. That's because my cortisol is up. That's because my sex hormones are down. I'm currently in the process of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. I'm going to take care of it. But the bottom line is Suzanne Summers cured herself with prayer, meditation, visualization, and hormone replacement therapy. She replaced her hormones and also changed her diet. That's why she's my, my guru and my health volunteer. So that's how my diet's starting tomorrow. So I'm excited. I was supposed to be on my diet all through winter into spring to be thin for summer. But, you know, diets, uh, food is an addiction. So what happened was back in May, I, I went off the wagon and I kept cheating. And I just kept basically saying, oh, the hell with it. I'm thin let's have some more pizza. Day two, oh, the hell with it, I'm thin, let's have some more pizza. Day three, oh, hell with it, I'm thin, let's have some more pizza. That was May, and then by June, I was obese again. So I blew it, but now I have pulled myself up off the ground of my fatness, and I decided, okay, now here we go, this is it. Lean for fall. So now my weight loss program, well, I had to wait until my birthday was over and then 4th of July. So that's why I'm starting now. And what it is, is um, my diet starts. Now what the diet is, let me have a glass of wine because I'm a little stressed talking about it. What it is, is that every week you weigh in at Friday. Every week you weigh in on Friday. And that Friday, you better have lost two to three pounds. That is how you lose weight. You can't go a week and then not see a weight loss. You can't go a week and not see a 0.5 weight loss and see only a 0.5 weight loss. You have to lose weight each week. When you lose weight each... I mean, come on now. We all watched Oprah with Bob Green, right? Bob Green was her trainer back in the 90s or 2000, whatever the hell it was. And he said, you're supposed to lose about two to three pounds a week. Now, Bob, Bob Green was a, a man exercising every day, loving, you know, grass, to eat. Oprah was a woman going through hormonal hormonal weight loss, not exercising as much, and loving macaroni and cheese. 
So we there are two. You have to understand that some people are just naturally thin because because they they don't like fat, they don't like carbs, they actually like vegetables, and they love to exercise. Most of us we like cheeseburgers, we we like food, carbs, we like sugar, and we don't want to exercise. So always how it is is those people who are naturally thin like Bob Green he wasn't obese he was naturally thin because he loved to exercise and loved to eat right then they would always be in the position of telling everybody else what to do but you know what I want to hear from the people who were fat and got thin I want to hear from the people who were always were thin so that's the truth about that. So, but he did say that two to three pounds a week was normal. So that's what you have to commit to. How do you do that? You need to diet for about four to five days that week before the Friday weigh-in. So my diet coming up is Monday through Thursday. And in those four days, I'm on a low-fat I'm sorry, I should say low dairy fat, no cheese, no cheese diet, and no carb diet. So it's just going to be vegetables, fruit, etc. I don't do meat because meat, I don't believe in really meat. Um, I don't do the, the fat and the cheese and the butter because that is a problem. But you really have to pretend that you're out in the jungle. And what's in the jungle? fruits, vegetables, meats, if you're going to stab it with a spear and cook it under the fire. There's no butters, there's no cheeses, there's no sugars, there's no candies, there's cakes. There's no bread. There is no bread in the jungle. Do you hear me? I'm, I want to talk to all of you out there right now. Do you hear me? There is no bread in the jungle. Have you ever seen a fat jaguar? Ever seen a jaguar heading to McDonald's? No. My God, I'm so tired of that whole thing. So, I have another glass of wine. All right, so my program consists of... Now, I've done this before. I've gone... I've gone down to my lowest weight and my highest weight. I fluctuate it because I do this. I cheat and diet. So I know what I'm doing. So my diet starts tomorrow. It's going to be broccoli, fruit, tomatoes, lettuce. It's it's a horrible way to live. But let me tell you what's happened. Well, let me tell you the truth. After the first week, you break the sugar addiction and the next week is easier. I think morbidly, morbidly obese people, it's such an addiction that even the first week on a diet, they blow it because the addiction pain is so strong. The addiction of the sugar is so strong. So so what I tell people who start diets is you just remember that first week is hell, but then the second week is better, the third week is better, and you're losing two pounds every week. So that's what I'm doing. Each week, I'm on a diet that is meat-free, chicken-free, fish-free, fat-cheese-free, butter-free. But I have 
I have fruits, vegetables, and that's it. It sucks, but that's how you lose two to three pounds a week only on four days. Now, the other three days, I'm doing whatever I want. So, if you want to lose weight with me and eat three days, I would suggest Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of whatever you want. Pizza, booze, my gosh, you name it. But then Monday through Thursday, you eat like a saint. So yeah, Friday to Saturday and Sunday, you're the whore. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're the, you're the Madonna, Madonna and whore diet. So that's what happens. And on those four days of that strict diet, by that Friday, you weigh in and you lose weight. The other secret that I like to talk about is um, you don't get better, you don't buy bigger pants. The minute you buy bigger pants, bigger dresses, bigger this, bigger that, you have just given up. You've given up. And now you've just raised the bar of your own fat existence. So I'm telling you right now, my closet is full of size 30 pants. I am, I do not buy. Last two years ago, I bought some lovely pants from the J. Crew, and I bought them all in size 30, and I couldn't fit into them because I knew I am a size 30 and I was going to lose weight. The secret, one of the secrets is not letting yourself accept a new reality of fatness. You've calculated how tall you are. For a man my height, I'm in a size 30 pants. If I was six foot two, 32 pants. That's what you have to stick to. Ladies out there, you know what you wore, what you wore in high school. That's what you need to be in. Yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not growing after high school. You're just getting fatter. You can't get your, you gotta buy, you can't buy bigger pants. You can't. You cannot go to the store and say, I gotta go to the store now and get myself some new pants because I can't fit in the old ones. All right, uh, so you, so you're, you're, you're obese now. No, that's not what you do. You don't, if you can't fit in your pants, it's a 911 emergency to go on a diet, not just get bigger pants. <sighs> One of my rules of the podcast is that we had to keep the podcast at a short level. So I'm going to have to start speeding up here because we're already at a half an hour. And that's just too long. No one's going to listen. No one has time to listen to this. Well, we'll, we'll see. Hmm. So, what I learned about being fat was that fat doesn't move. It actually is a hardened shell around the body. And I learned this as a yoga teacher. I would try to do yoga poses being fat and found immediate blockage, meaning you can't move when you're fat. 
I always thought that when you were fat, the fat kind of moves and, and stretches and separates and gets out of the way. No. Your fat stops you from moving. You can't, I can't do certain yoga poses because I no longer have the same range of motion because the fat's in the way. It's the same thing as walking around with five coats on. You can't move. You know, and also back to what we talked about earlier. It's all about the food. It's all about the food. I remember in Los Angeles seeing people every day going to the gym for years and years and years and they never lost weight because you can't outwork, you can't work out, you can't outrun a bad diet. So for people who are obsessed with the gym, the gym is not going to make you thin. It's just going to make you feel like you're doing something. Going to the gym just makes you feel like you're doing something, but you're not doing anything. Oh my lord. I'm sorry for yawning, but you know how it is. But the point is, the point is, I've seen people going to the gym for years, they never lose weight because it's about food. So I'm here to break the American myth. It's not the gym. You can't elliptical or run out a bad diet. Remember that. Now, it's all about diet. I can lose weight and never go to the gym on my broccoli, fruit, no carb, little carb, no dairy fat diet. And I'd rather do that than eat whatever I want and work out for seven hours a day, which, which is possible. If I were to work out seven hours a day, I could probably eat whatever I wanted. But we don't have, I'm sorry. This yawning is horrible. We wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want that. There's no time for seven hours a day. So you, you go on a, a broccoli, salad, blueberry diet. And you lose two pounds a week and that's how you do it. And then one month goes by, it's 10 pounds. One month goes by, it's 10 pounds. And that's it. Oh my gosh. I hope you're enjoying the wine thing. Oh, by the way, today's the cheat day because I told you you cheat on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you diet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So the thinner you are, the healthier you're going to be. That's the bottom line. It, it, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend to you the progression of disease. Overeating, eating poorly, aging, hormonal discrepancy as we age, that leads to weight gain. Weight gain means you are overeating 
and you are effing up the system with garbage, that leads to high sugar, that leads to high cholesterol, that leads to the heart problems, that leads to blockages, arteries, diabetes, strokes, etc., etc., God forbid, God forbid. It all begins with food. If you stay thin, you cut all that out. So that's why leanness and thinness is health. Not to mention you look thin. Uh, Not to mention you look young. That's what I meant. I'll never forget it. Oh, for God's sake, it's yawning. I apologize. I never forget watching a flashback of the young and the restless. And they flashed back the two main characters and they were so thin and young looking. A fat face is an old face. A thin face is a young face because when we're in our teens and our 20s, we're thin. And that fat face emerges in our 40s and 30s and 40s and 50s. And that's what fat and and old age is. Old is always fat. Thin is always young. So as soon as we lose weight, we look younger. We always look younger when somebody, you know it. Oh my God, that guy from Subway, whatever his name was, Jared. I mean, he was a popular Oprah, whomever. Look at yourself. Take a picture of yourself. When you lose weight, you look 10 years younger. I wanted to say that. Thin is youth. Thin is health. Thin is youth. Thin is beauty. Thin is health. Well, I think that concludes this week's podcast on weight loss. I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. I'm excited about it because I know Friday weigh-in, I'll be two pounds lighter. Then the next weigh-in, oh my gosh, heck, this yachting. Then the next week, two pounds lighter. Then the next week, two pounds lighter. And then before you know it, in two months, you've lost 20 pounds and you're so fucking happy. So... At the end of each podcast, I want to talk a little bit quickly about the energy of the week. This energy of the week is that we're in the month of uh, cancer. It's ruled, this month is ruled by the planet, celestial body, the moon. And the celestial body, the moon, it's not like the celestial body of Jupiter, of Jupiter or Saturn or Mars or Venus. So this particular month is special because it's the it's the problem month. It's the month of the moon which doesn't have any energy. So in this month it's really focused on health because health issues are about lack of energy. Disease, disease. If you notice the way I'm saying it, if you notice the way I'm saying it, disease. 
dis-ease is about lack of energy. And the moon is a... Oh, I'm so sorry. The moon is a, is a rock. And it represents us. We are rocks. We're nothing without the, without the energy of the universe, the energy of God. So this particular week is the full moon in Cancer. The full moon, the full moon of the month of Cancer. So it's a very powerful week for, for, hen, for cleansing and healing. So meditate this week. The full moon is, I think, is uh, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's like about Wednesday night. Meditate on bringing that energy in. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry for yawning. It's the first podcast, and I've had a lot of wine. But that's what makes it great. So this week is about healing. Meditate on receiving energy, basking in the moonlight. And really, how do we see, receive energy? By knowing that there is an energy source. This isn't a good week for atheists. You want to be a person who believes in a higher power. Now, a higher power, you can call it God. The, the AA people call it a higher power. Just know that you are not the source and creator of God. You're not the source and the creator of the world. <laughs> If you just know that, you're in the right place. Just If you just know that, that you didn't make the world, that something else did, that sort of breaks up that atheist mentality. And if you know that there's another energy source out there, a higher power, that's all you need this week. Take and fill your cup up. Meditate on the full moon. Go out and look at the full moon. Fill yourself up with energy and it will help you this week for healing. Well, that ends my first podcast. I'm excited. I'm sorry for the yawns, but I'm sort of drunk, which is the point of the podcast. But I want you to email me if you have any comments or questions or suggestions for the next podcast. This one was about weight loss. But any suggestions you have, comments, um, if you're Shiloh, the wine industry, you want to start sponsoring me. If you're interested in meeting me, um, if you're interested in interviews, things you want to say about what I said, suggestions, ideas about the, all of that stuff, contact me at joinmeforaglass at icloud.com. So this podcast is called Join Me For A Glass. So you can email me at this email address, joinmeforaglass at iCloud.com. That's the email. It's been fun. My first official podcast. There's my notes. You can hear my notes. Right here on the table. I'm going to have one more glass of wine, a sip of wine. delicious it's been wonderful it's been real 
Have a great week. Think of me on my diet. By Friday, I'll be three pounds lighter at least. That's the secret. Bye-bye. Thank you.